0: We are in the series, The Hard Sayings of Jesus. And some of these weeks, are they're really great, fun verses to kind of look at and, and kind of play with and uh, share and teach and different things. And other ones are just a little bit more, they're just like, wow, that, that, how, do you, how do you put together a talk on that? And uh, I have uh, this passage of scripture in John 6 that we wanna look at that uh, is, fits within the hard sayings of Jesus And it says, uh, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person at the last day for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. F.F. F. Bruce, who's a biblical scholar, he calls these words the original hard saying of Jesus. And actually, if we look down in verse 60 in this passage, uh, there are the disciples are recorded as saying, uh, who can follow these words? This is a hard saying. They, they say to Jesus himself, they say, this is a hard saying, who can follow these words? And um, it's interesting that Jesus' words, to eat his flesh and drink his blood, Um, they're not just a hard saying for us to put in context and and maybe kind of wrestle through in our culture today, but they were also difficult for the very people who heard them directly from Jesus. And um, on the surface, Jesus' words sound maybe barbaric or gross. Some might even assume that Christianity is a weird cult that endorses cannibalism. They could read these words and say, what is that about? Um, Why would Jesus say that the way to eternal life is to eat his flesh and drink his blood. And really, the only way for us to make sense out of this is to look at the context of the cross and the resurrection, the context of Jesus with that gospel message of him laying down his life, the context of the Last Supper. All these things that we can draw meaning from, from, from the words in John chapter 6, they hadn't yet happened when Jesus gave those words. And so we have the ability to look at a a, a little bit more of a holistic view of Jesus and we can make sense out of them. But that's part of why it was difficult for them in that time to to understand fully what Jesus meant because they hadn't seen the the cross yet and the resurrection. They hadn't experienced those things. The Last Supper hadn't taken place yet. And so if we look in the context of some of those things, Mark 14, 22, 24, it says this, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread... And he blessed it. And then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine, and he gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. So the overall gospel story that we see in Jesus is part of how we unwrap and unravel the meaning of what Jesus says when he he says, you've got to eat my flesh and and drink my blood. But to the uninitiated, that language could certainly sound fairly strange. And um, I I know a a pastor in Vancouver, very well-respected pastor and a a really great church. They have a church community of over 1,500 people right in downtown Vancouver. Very effective ministry. And um, he no longer, as a, as a lead pastor, they made the decision in their church that they no longer serve communion on Sunday morning to the large gathering of their, of their church. They uh, encourage and they kind of, they, they, they've said, you know what, let's make communion more, kind of a little bit more meaningful, more intimate. They do it in different settings and different contexts within their church, but they don't take that, that one large public setting and talk about. The, the blood and the body of Jesus, and consuming the flesh and all those kind of those word images that we have, and he said it 's simply because in their culture in that post christian neo Christian culture of urban Vancouver and the influx of the globalization of all the different cultures and is it 's just most people who first hear about Jesus in his ministry in his church, most people who are first exposed to Jesus it's still on that Sunday morning gathering. And he said, it's just too, it's just too out there right now for where his, his people are and where they've, they've found people in Vancouver. So he says, we're gonna do communion in different places. And um, I can certainly understand his, his perspective. And I can appreciate where he's coming from. And he has to make those, those decisions. And I think it's a good reminder for all of us that there can be some parts of our faith, some parts of our Christian experience, some parts of of our our, our Christian experience, that to us they make sense because we see the whole picture. To us they make sense because we've made a faith commitment. We're we're trying to figure out how to walk that out. But to someone from the outside, to someone who's uninitiated, there can be pieces of our faith that uh, are difficult for people to fully understand. And um, this would be one of them. This hard saying of Jesus is, as, as eating the flesh and drinking the blood and that language is certainly one of them. And so my hope today is to bring some deeper level understanding to the communion table, both to help um, help deepen your own experience and understanding of the sacrament of the church, which is to sit at the communion table and to remember the, the body and the, and the blood of Jesus, but also to maybe frame Jesus' words a little bit so that you have an understanding and can uh, maybe even share some insight to others if this issue ever comes up in your conversations. And so in order to understand Jesus' words about the flesh and blood, it's helpful to know the significance of bread and wine in the Israelite traditions. The Exodus story is the core foundation of Jewish identity for God's people. This is the biblical account of the Israelites being freed from their captivity in Egypt. The story declares their worth to God. It exemplifies God's love and faithfulness to his people. Their identity as God's people is tied into the story of the Exodus, of God coming for them, of God setting them free, of God providing for them, of God leading them, of God faithfully being with them of them being the people of God. It is wrapped up and tied into the Exodus story. It's a story they tell their children and their children tell their children and their children's children. It's a story that they celebrate, it's a story they look back on. It's it's part of who they are. Now, in the story they're abused, they're, they're being as abused as slaves. They're in captivity and they're losing their identity as God's people. And scripture tells us that God hears their cries and then he sets forth a series of miracles and supernatural occurrences that end up leading to them gaining their freedom from the Egyptians. And there is a great parallel to Moses leading the Jews out of captivity and Jesus leading people out of the captivity of sin. This is part of the significance of what we look at today when we think of the Lord's table. So when we look at uh, the Exodus story, one important part of the Exodus story is manna from heaven. You see, the Jews are fleeing the Egyptians and they're, they're, crossing, they're crossing through the barren wilderness. They're in captivity. They're promised a new land and in between is the wilderness, it's the barrenness, it's the, 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 the desert space that they need to cross through. And as they're going through, they have no food supplies, there's nothing to sustain them, and what does God do? But God keeps them alive by supernaturally, by miraculously providing manna fresh every day to keep them alive. And the manna symbolizes, to the, to the Jewish people, the manna symbolizes God's provision. It symbolizes God's faithfulness. It symbolizes that they are not forgotten. It symbolizes that God is with them, that he hears their cry, that he sees their need, that he will come through for them. And the fresh manna every day, it's thought to be a bread-like kind of food, and so bread becomes very important. It's a place of high significance in the Jewish faith. The view that the man of bread, it's it's, it's representative of God's provision and faithfulness to his people. Now the other part of the Exodus story that becomes very important is God establishing his covenant with his people. Mount Sinai, book of Exodus. Moses gets the 10 commandments. There's a new covenant, the Mosaic law. The the covenant is given to his people. God establishes the covenant. He, He leads them out of captivity, and he's with them. And what he does is he provides a way in the covenant to redeem them and to cover their sins. And as part of the covenant that God establishes with his people, the priests sacrifice multiple animals to seal the covenant. This is how they seal the covenant. This is how they agree to the covenant. This is how they enter into the covenant where God is going to provide for them forgiveness and covering of their sins. He's going to redeem them. And they sacrifice the animal so that there is a, there's a blood to seal that covenant. And so the sacrificial blood becomes highly symbolic of the covenant that God established with his people during the Exodus. So because manna and blood are so crucial to the Exodus narrative, they become central, components to the Passover meal. The Passover is this annual feast. It's this annual celebration to remember and honor, to acknowledge, to reflect, to teach on so the children know and their children know that their God was with them. This is our identity. This is who we are. This is our heritage. This is our God. And they, they worship God in the Passover feast. And in the Passover meal, we find a couple of things. You see, when, when Jesus shares the Last Supper with his disciples, before, just before Jesus is betrayed, before he's sold out, before he is taken by the Romans, before he's crucified, he has an intimate moment with his disciples. And we know this is the Last Supper. And in our tradition, we see that this was likely the traditional Passover meal. And the bread that Jesus held in his hand was the bread that was a part of the Passover meal that was to identify and to recognize the manna of God's provision for his people during the Exodus. This is the bread that that Jesus takes in his hand and and he breaks it open And he begins to tear off pieces of the bread, and he begins to pass it out to his disciples at the table. The bread he picks up, the bread he tears open, the bread he shares with everybody is representative of the manna bread of God, which is representative of God's provision, of God being with them, of them not being forgotten, of God giving them and keeping them alive and blessing them and providing for them in every way. It is significant. And they would take that bread and they would eat that bread. And Jesus says, look, this bread, this bread is now my body. I am the bread. It's a declaration that the coming sacrifice of his life on the cross was going to be greater than the provision of manna because Jesus' bread would provide eternal life. John 6, 32, 35, it says this, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven, my father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. A few verses down in 47, Jesus says again, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. He's saying the manna bread was good in that it kept your ancestors alive. And when you eat it, you're partaking of God's provision. You're remembering God's provision. But he says, my bread is better. And he says, now is the time for you to eat my bread, the bread of my life, the forgiveness, the laying down of my life, the sacrifice on the cross. Now it's time for you to take that into your life. If you partake of that bread, you will gain eternal life. And not only does the bread have significance to the Jews, but so does The cup, the Passover meal contains four ceremonial cups of wine. And they would take the cup, a a certain part of the meal, and they would pass it around and they would share the cup of wine together. Well, the third cup is served after the main course. And it's believed that this is the cup that Jesus shared after they had their supper and after they had ate, Jesus pulls out the cup was a ceremonial cup. The third cup is the cup of redemption. The third cup that's full of wine is the cup of redemption, is the cup that represents the sacrificial blood of the animals that sealed the covenant that God gave to Moses. And you can begin to see what Jesus is doing when he says, this cup. This cup that's full of the wine that represents the animal sacrifice, that represents the sealing of the covenant that God made with our ancestors, this cup is now the cup of my blood. The wine in that cup is my blood, and it's a new covenant. My blood is sealing a new covenant with you. It's better than the old covenant. The new covenant is freedom and forgiveness and blessing. The new covenant is entering into the presence of God. The new covenant is tearing down the barrier and the dividing wall. The new covenant is walking in freedom and grace and forgiveness in the presence of Jesus. And that is made possible by the blood that seals that new covenant. And Jesus holds up that cup and he says, at one time you focused on that that wine that represented that other blood, but now it's my blood. And when you take of this meal and when you remember this and when you eat of this bread and you drink of this cup, you are declaring my life, my body, my blood that is given, that is poured out. Jesus says, my life, my blood is poured out to purchase you, to provide forgiveness, to provide eternal life. And so when we drink from the cup, We are partaking of his death that leads to eternal life. And you see what Jesus is doing? Jesus is never declaring. Jesus is never saying, you must physically eat my flesh and drink my blood. He's taking a word image. He's taking a part of their faith and something they held dear, something that they were so focused on, that was so meaningful, so significant, probably one of the most significant parts of being a Jew in that day was to participate in the Passover meal. And Jesus comes and he puts himself right in the middle of it. And he says, it's about me. It's about the new covenant. It's about the work I'm going to do. And it's all going to make sense very soon. And Jesus imprints on top of this and he says, it's my flesh. It's my blood. That's what you partake of. That's what you remember. That's what you consume. That's what you put in. That's the faith. That's the belief. That's the new covenant that Jesus came to establish. I'm gonna get the band to come. We're gonna get ready to close the service and they're just gonna begin to play as I look at this, uh, this final thought that I want us to kind of, I, I want us to come to today and I, and I hope that you can You can stay with me and follow along on this little kind of journey, this little aha moment for us this morning. See, my hope is that you will see the parallel between the deliverance of God's people in the Exodus story and the deliverance of our lives in Jesus. The Israelites were enslaved. They are without hope. There is no way out on their own. And God comes to them and he provides a way out for them. And even though they gain their freedom and they begin to head out, they are pursued by the Egyptians. They're pursued by their captors. And they have a promised land and they leave, they leave captivity and they leave bondage and they, and, they, and, and, and they get out of here. And they know that they have a promised land over here. And before they get to it, they have to transition and travel through this This in-between, this barrenness, this hard land. And they're being pursued as they head out. And while they're there, while they're in this barrenness, God meets them and he gives them manna. God meets them and he gives them a covenant. And he gives them redemption and covering of their sins. God is with them. God is for them. God is among them. God has not forgotten them. God is present with them in the barrenness. And they discover things and they find out things about God that they didn't know and they didn't experience before. And that journey from here to there, that experience and the things they learn about God becomes the formative part of their identity as God's people. It's when God came through. It's when God showed up. It's when they found out that they were God's people, that they were not forgotten. Now think about how this parallels to us because the scriptures would say that you and I are born into sin. We're born into the captivity of sin and the sinful nature and the things of this world and every one of us is in the same place. We're all born as sinners. And Jesus comes and he offers us faith in him that leads to eternal life. And eternal life is over here. We don't go from captivity in sin right over to eternal life. We got to go through this life first. This this life that we live right now. This is our wilderness. This is the in between. This is going from the captivity and entering in to the full promises and the full knowledge and the full experience of who Jesus is. And it is in this barrenness and it is in this wilderness. It is in this world. It is in this journey. We are in an exodus. And it is in this time that we find out that God meets us. It is in this time that we find out we are not forgotten. It is in this time that we find out that we are God's people. And Jesus says, I will be your manna. You are not forgotten. I will come to you. Jesus says, Your sin. It's covered there's a new covenant and that's the covenant of my blood Jesus comes to us and he gives us the forgiveness and we're set free and you know this in between space this barren wilderness space that we are navigating and living our life through and making sense of at times we're still being pursued by our cap we're still being pursued by the sinful nature and the things and the pull of this world but we're trying to make progress. We're trying to get forward to make more of a connection to Jesus and who he is and the promises and the fullness of God and we're in between. We're pulled back and forth. We have freedom and we have breakthrough. We have hardship and we have struggle. We have and we're in between. But in the middle of that barrenness, Jesus is our manna. He is with us. His blood forgives us. He is present with us. We are his people. He has not forgotten us. And when Jesus takes that bread and he takes that cup and he says to those people, he says to his disciples and his followers, he says, Look, at one time you were still stuck in your sin, and I came through for you. But I tell you what, I am the forgiveness of sins. I am new life. It is my body, it is my blood which is given to you, which is a sacrifice for you so that you can consume of me. You can take me in. You can have faith. You can have eternal life. You can have forgiveness of sins. You can have what the scripture says, abundant life. To partake of Jesus is to step into the abundant life of Jesus, to step into his provision. My hope today is that you realize that we are very much on an exodus journey. We are very much coming out of our old life and on our way to our new life in Jesus, eternal life in Jesus. And some of us are in the, we're in this in-between, we're in this barren wilderness, and addiction has got us, brokenness, and hurt, and unforgiveness, a failing marriage, failing finances, loneliness. There are so many things that are, they're, they're, they don't want to let go. They want to keep pursuing us, and reaching, and grabbing, and showing up in our life, and not letting us go. And in the midst of that, the manna presence of Jesus comes. I will feed you. I am there for you. Take this and eat and remember me. I'm gonna get the team to come that's gonna serve us. We have four servers that are gonna go make their way down. They're gonna grab the the trays. They're gonna do the crackers first and then the juice. Just grab it and pass it along. If you are not a believer or you would not identify as a Christian, you can simply just pass it along. That's okay. If you are, we encourage you to partake this morning. Hold on to your emblems. Hold on to them and we're going to take them all together. And if you uh, have an allergy, the, the crackers are gluten-free. And um, we'll partake together. Why don't we just kind of worship the Lord in this moment as the emblems are going to be passed and uh, just reflect on
1: E Every day is a kiss from you, so let our hearts. So I e
0: Representative of the body and the blood of Jesus they are representative of God being present with us in our exodus they are representative that he sees us that we are not forgotten that he is with us that he will provide for us that he will help us Jesus says just consume me just take me in I'm here for you. In 1 Corinthians 11, the apostle Paul says, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, the the manna bread, the bread that is representative of God's provision and of God's presence. And he gave thanks to God for it. And he broke it in pieces and he said, This man of bread is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the bread together. The scripture goes on. It says, in the same way, he took the cup of wine. He took the cup of wine after supper, and he said, this cup is my new covenant between God and his people. This cup, this wine, is my blood, my covenant blood I make with you. I provide for you so you will have forgiveness of sins. Says it's a covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's partake of the cup together. so i pray for you in this moment i appreciate you guys sitting with us during this moment this sacred moment sacraments these holy moments of the church and i appreciate your patience and just your your presence with us this morning and i wonder this morning how we can how we can pray you, how we can encourage you, how we can be with you, how we can say that though in this moment you are in a wilderness, you are passing through a wilderness, you are in some barrenness in this area of your life at this moment, we pray that Jesus will sustain you, be present with you, and he will be among you and with you and strengthen you. And I wonder if in this moment, in humility, if there is a part of your life, maybe even your whole life right now, feels like it's in some barrenness. And you say, I just, I just want to know, I just need the man of provision of Jesus my life in this area. We want to pray for you this morning. And so in this moment, if you identify with that and say, I that's that's my life, my heart, my moment, that's the space I'm in right now, and I need I need Jesus to come show up in this area going to get you to just stand
1: in front of everybody else
0: just in this moment would you just stand others if there are some nearby you would be most welcome and encouraged to stand with them in this moment. We're going to pray. Jesus, for those in this moment who would say and identify that there is a part of their life, there is There's a piece of their life right now and they are stuck in this wilderness and they're stuck in the barrenness. Father, we pray that if there would be a hold from captivity, that you would set them free. Jesus, we pray that they would begin to see forward movement, that they would know they are closer to you. They are closer to who you're calling them to be. And Jesus, we pray for breakthrough. We pray for miracles. If there are broken relationships, if finances have been depleted I have this picture that somebody has gone to look at their finances and it literally is like a fox got into the hen house and you're like how did this happen you didn't see it coming and somehow something got in and it just that there is hope that your hope is in Jesus Father if there is illness, if there's affliction, if there's a broken relationship, if there's a sense of lostness and not knowing where to go or what to do, Jesus would you be present in every life that is represented today in our community that would say they are stuck in the middle, they're stuck in the wilderness and they're looking for you. Jesus we pray in faith that you would be the manna you would be the provision and it would come at the right time it would come at the right moment and it would come from you and Jesus we look to you for answers we look to you for hope hope in every marriage hope with every child hope with every career those that are lonely Lord, we pray for those that are lonely, that you would be manna life to their soul. Let them know that they are the chosen, prized love of the Father. would you be the man of bread from heaven would you seal this covenant in our lives once again Lord with the forgiveness and the washing and the cleansing of our heart and draw us close to you Close, I just encourage you to maybe would you just stand and let's worship together. We'll dismiss it just a minute. Uh, but why don't we just kind of let's just kind of come to the Father today and just seal this moment
1: with Him. It's a